This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel. Ooh, spooky. They'll take all of your spooky vacation needs. Just email them at kuminokoreweekly at fairygodmothertravel.com and Teresa Corey and her band of merry fairy godmothers and witches will help you out. Ooh. It's Models get geeking with float around ghosts and five-headed ghosts. It's Communicore Weekly. Pinges get creaky. I'm sure you already know it's the greatest content show. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show, home of the world's first pair of independently born identical ghosts. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to our annual and final Halloween episode. I'm very, wow. very excited about this one. We get to play our one of our favorite theme songs for this one. I we know. I love this theme song. Talk about all sorts of spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. And well, that's okay. I've, I've got the lights on. Uh, I, I figured you do. I don't. Yeah. I'm sitting in the dark right now. <laughs> Huddled over my computer screen light. That's all I have. <laughs> and if and if and if you're and if the phone rings and it's like, <gasps> you can tell from the caller ID now that the call came from inside the building. Exactly, and it generally does in my office here. Well, before I get any serious phone calls, let's go to the history segment. It's time for the history. If you're a long-time listener of the show, then it's really no surprise to you that I love Halloween and the haunt season. And one of the things I look forward to the most during this time is the granddaddy of all haunts, Not Scary Farm. Now, throughout the end of September, all of October, and even some of November, Knott's Berry Farm basically transforms the theme park uh, every night into the scariest theme park event in the entire world. And that's just not a tagline, that's a statement for me. There is no other event in the world that is quite like Scary Farm. I mean, it has its own unique feel, scares, and even smells. So, how did it all begin? Hmm, but before I get that, they're actually open every night? Uh, maybe not every night. Oh, okay, I mean, okay, okay. Most okay. nights during most Halloween nights. season. I forget, I think they do 31 or 32 nights of Halloween. That's incredible. I mean, these people are there till 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning every night, so you need to give them some days and, off. And that's like 4 o'clock in the morning over here. I know, so it's even later for them. Wow, okay, anyway. So, going back to the beginning. In September 1973, the Knott's Berry Farms Operations Committee began discussing a new concept introduced by George Condos and Martha Boyd, both from the marketing department, and Bill Hollingshead, who was from the entertainment office. The trio introduced a Halloween-themed event for the evenings of October 26th to the 28th. Now, this evening entry ticket would guarantee a small amount of income during a normally slow admission season. And with the blessings of the Knott family, the employees took the lead and gave it a shot. So Boyd uh, coined the name Halloween Haunt for the event, but beyond that, there really were no official plans for the event itself. 
And over the next few weeks, the Halloween weekend party would slowly come together as each department contributed ideas. Hollingshead booked local late-night horror movie host Seymour to stage a show in the John Wayne Haunted Theater to entertain guests all three nights. And then there was Gene Whitham, who was a ghost town gunslinger and a makeup artist, and he was hired to style custom makeup for the farm's team of stuntmen. So Whitham turned his co-workers into fully costumed monsters, who were simply instructed to run around ghost town and terrify the guests. So obviously, all these years later, this became a tradition at uh, Scary Farm, with ghost town being filled with fog nightly and the monsters roaming the darkness. The theming was minor compared to today's mazes, but the haunted shack became the site of the event's first monster-filled maze, but renamed to be called Monster Maze for the night. The Calico Log Ride and Mine Train would follow suit since Bud Hurlbut's friend and colleague John Waite decided that spooking up the existing attractions would be a natural fit. He visited numerous Hollywood prop houses to rent a few <laughs> fake corpses, thank goodness, skeletons, and anything remotely frightening that he could get his hands on. So uh, Waite said, I just scattered them around, mostly in the mine ride, but had a few over in the log ride too. When I look back at it today, I think how silly it was, but you have to remember that no one else had done this time of promotion before. So uh, Bud decided that he needed a group of real people to haunt the attractions to make them truly scary. John went on to say, That night I called the operation managers and told them that I needed a couple of people. The log ride and the mine ride really lent themselves to this. We had a lot of hiding spots, little places where you could be. Dick Johnson and the other guys would get people if I requested them and ask me how many did I want. They thought I wanted five or six people. I said 35. They about blew their stacks, but for the next night, we had them. So that first weekend, Halloween Haunt was an instant hit, and by the next year, the event sold out nightly. So Jack Scroton Ghost? I'm I'm saying his name wrong, but I'm going to pronounce the ghost right. Shrekin Ghost? Ghost? Anyway, Jack Ghost. um, He was in charge (laughs) of park admission at the time, and was stunned by the public's overwhelming interest in Knott's new Halloween offering. So normally the park was considered to be at full capacity with 18,500 guests. But according to Jack, that number came and went night after night. The official word that came from management was to keep selling more tickets. Jack said they went well past 20,000 guests. Quoted, uh, I think we sold maybe 22,000 tickets, which was unheard of for a private event. End quote, he said. Uh, so the park had struck this untapped niche of younger folks who craved the dark chills of what would be nicknamed Not Scary Farm in its third year. So many theme parks have attempted to copy what has become Knott's biggest holiday event, but no other park can claim the crown of the world's first, biggest, and most famous Halloween event in a theme park. And probably one of the best names ever. Oh yeah, totally. I would love to have been there when one person said, huh, Not Scary Farm. That That's the one! Sense. Promotion! That's it, we like it. So, beginning with that three-night run way back in 1973, the Halloween haunt now stretches over the fall season and welcomes its guests, mostly Jeff Heimbuck and his friends, True. through late September to early November. And over the years, such hosts as Seymour, Wolfman Jack, Weird Al Yankovic, The Crypt Keeper, 
and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, have hosted dance parties or elaborate musical reviews at the Studio K Dance Club in Fiesta Village or Knott's Good Time Theater, now known as the Charles M. Schultz Theater. And just, again, to interject, when I finally got on stage to sing to Elvira this year, I've been waiting (laughs) like four years for that, and it made my life. Anyway, so Bill Hall and John Betty were two of the men who helped John Waite transform the park in the 80s for the event. And Waite said, Every time I did a haunt, it took about 10 years off my life. You cannot conceive of the amount of work. Now the farm has people who are thinking about this thing and doing design work year-round. The eagerly awaited festivities have become a rite of passage for local teenagers who graduate into adulthood with their first steps through one of Knott's fog-filled mazes. Whether the event's thrills are humorous or macabre, fear is the great equalizer for all uh, park guests who are willingly cowering at the many ghosts, uh, zombies, vampires, aliens, and much more. And each night, More than 500 cast members are transformed into various monsters with elaborate costumes and makeup. These seasonal positions are coveted by locals who sacrifice their nights and weekends during the haunt's run for the privilege of scaring guests out of their minds. Each year, uh, Scary Farm gets more and more elaborate also. So, in addition to Ghost Town, the park also boasts a few other themed scare zones where uh, people are not safe. You know, even though they think, you know, hey, we're not in a maze, they can't get me, but they will get you in these scare zones. (laughs) They're spread out through the park. And the mazes themselves keep getting better and bigger and better. Uh, And this, the last couple years, actually, with more technology-driven advanced mazes and, you know, like the zombie laser tag element added to Infected. Um, and year after year, they continue to push their limits and try new things, which is what makes the event so great. And Knott's Fairy, uh, Knott's, excuse me, Knott's Scary Farm is one of, if not the best, haunted attractions in Southern California throughout the holiday se- the Halloween season. And as of right now, it is slowly approaching its 50th year with absolutely no signs of slowing down. Ugh, can't and wait. As long as Jeff Heimbuck's got some cash in his pocket, hey. They will be in business. They will be in business. Totally. They'll keep going. So They make um, most of their money during Scary Farm. Like, the bulk of the year, their money comes oh, from Scary Farm, which is I can incredible. imagine. I can imagine. It's a huge events. People talk about it. They, you see the posts all over social media. If I wasn't such a chicken, I'd probably take part of it. See? There or you part go. part in it. It's got great marketing. It sounds fantastic, but, you know, we would, of course, love to know what your thoughts are about Not Scary Farm. Were you at one of the earliest haunts, potentially? Give us a call and let us know. Call the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So everyone's favorite attraction has been turned into a picture book. Soren? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my goodness. Just kidding. Zing, zing, zing. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're not talking about that favorite attraction. And and when I talk about picture book, I'm not talking about like one of those giant coffee table books that, you know, is full of all those beautiful pictures. In this case, I'm talking about a book for elementary aged school children. You know, uh, a book that a kid would have a parent read to 
or they would start reading on their own, like the Berenstain Bears or something like that. Jeff reading level. Got it. Go on. Exactly. Jeff reading level. There we go. But in all seriousness, because you know how serious Communicore Weekly is. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Disney took the lyrics to that amazing theme park attraction song called Grim Grinning Ghosts and had an illustrator by the name of James Gilliard create full-page spreads that actually reflect the lyrics. You know, so what's really cool about it is it took the, the lyrics of Grim Grinning Ghosts from The Haunted Mansion, the lyrics by Xavier Atencio, added it to those wonderful illustrations by Mr. Gilliard, and created a picture book about The Haunted Mansion, which is Absolutely incredible. And I've got the book here, and it's another one of those that you need to buy five copies of and frame it. Because they're gorgeous. All the illustrations are gorgeous, gorgeous, really. They're wonderful. It basically takes the whole, uh, the lyrics, the lyrics for the whole song. You know, it starts off, when the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, spooks come out for a swinging wake. And each two-page spread has one part of the lyric and a beautiful illustration that you're going to know because it's from the ride. And they did the ride in order. Ooh, even better. Which is absolutely Good fantastic. Good them being, you know, exactly. true to it. They followed it, and it goes through, and it takes us into the attic, into the seance room. You see the raven. It's really, really, really well done. Uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, a wonderful read for a child or adult who might be a little nervous about riding the Haunted Mansion. Because I've talked to adults who said they've gone to Disney plenty of times and they're too afraid to ride it. It's weird to hear you talk about yourself in the third person like that. I know, but I don't want the cadets to know. Okay, fair. Yeah, I don't fair, want fair. the cadets to know, you know. Um, but it's just it's a great way for kids to maybe see what is going to happen inside the mansion, as well as just sit down and remember how amazing of a ride the Haunted Mansion actually is. You know, it, it, it actually and it comes with a CD. That has the song on it. In case you forgot how amazing this exactly, song is. Exactly, or you don't have 15 different MP3s on your hard drive already with different versions what? of the What? Who does that? Mansion song. I have no idea. Not me, not me. Um, and it also has some really cool end papers that have the uh, uh, Haunted Mansion wallpaper on it, which are fan- absolutely fantastic to see that. So, lovely book. I know, Jeff, you had a copy of it, too. Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, it was cool. I mean, obviously, it's a quick read for us, but for little oh, kids. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool that, you know, that they have this thing. It's a good way to introduce them to the mansion, period, but also the illustrations are gorgeous, and if they want to, you know, you can play the CD and read along to the song at the same time. You know, kind of like a, a book on tape, but with yeah pictures. That's good, and there's a lot of purple in there, so Prince fans will be happy, too. I'm colorblind. I can't tell. Oh, really? That's too bad. That's okay. Can't tell. So, <laughs> so, anyways, this week's book of the week is The Haunted Mansion. With music by Buddy Baker, lyrics by Xavier Tensio, and illustrations by James Gilliard. Haunted Mansion fans are going to absolutely love it because it is wonderful. You don't know what you know till we know you. You, know, you just don't know. There's one little fact we bet you didn't. One little fact we bet you didn't know. Disneyland decks out in its Halloween finest every October. On Main Street, they use props and set decor in the window displays that are reproductions of original turn-of-the-century Halloween decorations. In addition, they also decorate Main Street with more than 300 sculpted pumpkins, and much like a snowflake, 
No two are alike. Now we no 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 you. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So for this special final Halloween episode, we're just going to rename this segment right now to The Five-Legged Ghost, uh, because, you know, even though it's still not exactly the right name, because none of the ghosts we're about to talk about have five legs, but (laughs) we just want the word ghost in the name. So anyway, you know, we wanted to give a brief rundown of a few of the ghosts you can find roaming uh, the original Magic Kingdom uh, here in Anaheim, California, Disneyland. Now, we don't actually know... Uh, if any of these are true at all, or even a little bit, but perhaps they will make you look over your shoulder next time you're in the park, alone, at night, you know, as it happens sometimes. Like I just did right now. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I may never go back to Disneyland again. <laughs> um, first up is Space Mountain's Mr. One Way. He's described as a large man with red hair and a red face. The legend is that he sits in the seat next to single riders. Then he disappears by the end of the ride. He's also been spotted in the cast member locker room. And the next one is the Matterhorn Ghost. So in 1984, a woman named Dolly Young was killed when she was thrown from one of the bobsleds. And ever since then, cast members who are required to walk the tracks when the ride shut down say they can hear her sometimes. And some cast members uh, call the section of where Dolly passed away uh, Dolly's Dip. The Crying Boy is another one, in the spookiest place in the park. The exit of the Haunted Mansion is said to be haunted by the ghost of this young boy. The story goes that the boy's mother spread her son's ashes in the Haunted Mansion without Disneyland's permission. Legend has it that the ghost also appears on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. There is also a ghost dressed in a white 19th century gown that has been spotted on Main Street after dark. Now, legend has it that she guides lost children to the Disneyland Baby Care Center, where they can be reunited with their parents. There's also the legend of a teenager who was killed on the People Mover in 1967. Legend has it that this ghost haunts all of Tomorrowland, especially since the People Mover closed in 1995. The ghost reportedly grabs the hair of blonde guests because ghosts prefer blondes. And finally, everyone knows that Walt had an apartment over the fire station on Main Street. And of course, there is the light in the window that is never turned off at night as a tribute to Walt. Now, before the tradition of leaving the light on began, a cast member turned off the light and left the room, only to find the light turned on again when she returned. Now, the story goes that when she inquired about it, she heard a ghostly voice say, I'm still here. So, spooky Walt, who knew? Mm. Who knew? Boy, that just gave me chills. Mm. Wow. Mm. Okay, and, uh, you know, something that isn't particularly chilling. Mm. Or not particularly scary. Okay, let's go go scary. Not frightening. Yeah, 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 because it could be an air-conditioned prize. You never know. Which would be chilling. Hey, uh, every year, every every week for the past almost two years, we've been giving away a prize here, which we're calling the Year of a Million or So Limited Time Cadets Weekly Prize Giveaway, hence all those words. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to enter, because we still have a few weeks left, we're probably down to what, about 11? After this, this is nine, because this is episode 250. That's right. We're almost there. Ooh. So you've got a few more chances to enter this contest and win a prize. Just email communicorweekly at gmail.com with your name and address so you can be part of this giveaway. Please do. So now this week's winner is going to receive a Fairy Godmother Travel Prize Pack 
And the winner is none other than Skip C from Greensburg, Louisiana. Congratulations, Skip. I hope you enjoy whatever it is. And when you get it, feel free to send us a photo and, you know, post it on social media. We'd love to see what you guys got. Yeah, usually one of us says yay, and I was about to go boo, like it's scary, and I realized it could sound like I was booing you him. You were booing poor Skip. So I didn't want to do that, because Skip's probably an awesome guy. He probably is a cool dude. He well, must be. Know he, he, is. He, he wrote in, and he listened at least to one episode. So there you go. So that's all that matters. Um, well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the final Communicore Weekly Halloween episode. Let us know what you think of this episode. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes, uh, leave us a comment on YouTube, whatever. We'd love to hear what you think about it. And you can always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com just in case you want to say boo. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm at Imagine Nerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck. And, of course, you can give us a call on the Communicore Weekly Ghost Line at 424-785-4628. Ooh, like Goat Ghost Line. Exactly. Goat Line. That's pretty good. Okay. And don't forget you can visit the Communa Store on our website at CommunicoreWeekly.com where you can pick us up some awesome t-shirts and pretty cool cadet swag. You can also send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856 to get your official cadet membership cards and sticker. And you can visit uh, patreon.com slash Weekly to find out how you can support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online ghost whistle. Oh, gosh, I thought it was right behind me. Boo. Peanut custard.